0: Welcome to episode 36 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello.
1: Hello, Michael. How do you do? Oh, I do.
0: Did you have a good day today or a bad day today?
1: <laughs> it's a busy day today, buddy.
0: You're uh, just about on the road, aren't you? Well, not on the road, you're in the air.
1: Uh, yeah, in like 10 hours or so, less than 10 hours. Yeah, I'll be uh, flying away.
0: So by the time people are hearing this, you'll be...
1: I'll already be uh, day one already in the books by the time people are hearing this.
0: Right now, in your mind, you're already gone.
1: something like that
0: all right so let's get into the show so you can hop on a plane in a few hours we've got merv griffin time coming up that's where we get your thoughts and it's your questions plus one more sinister sticker will be immortalized in our heel laugh hall of fame but first we are discussing a different topic each week usually voted on by our listeners and followers at the wpan on twitter But we had a little unique situation this week, Brian Malonis.
1: (laughs) I don't think you being a screw-up is a unique situation.
0: (laughs) We're going to ignore the people this week and talk about something else.
1: (laughs) Didn't we ignore the people last week, too?
0: Well, we didn't ask the people last week. This week, we actually did a poll, and they voted for the best WWE vignettes. And we're going to ignore that for a very special reason. Because we've already done it. (laughs) In February of this year, we did do the best... WWE vignettes, you can go back and look at that on BDARadio.com in our archives, the wrestling podcast about nothing feed. Uh, so I screwed up, yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to go with the second place finisher in the poll, which is favorite finishing maneuvers. And I know one person at least will be happy about this turn of events. That is Steven at guy 2004 He says, Swing vote wins. Vote for favorite finisher. <laughs> so is that going to be one of yours, the swing vote?
1: Sure. Why not?
0: That was your finisher for uh, a quite a little while there in uh, chaotic wrestling.
1: That's kind of what my uh, my current finisher, the name has been just changed to.
0: Oh, okay. Really?
1: Yeah. I need a new name for it. Swing vote doesn't make any sense. Maybe we'll have a name in the Kingpin's finisher contest.
0: Maybe we should do that. And you can give away a DVD. That someone gave to you for free?
1: <laughs> I don't have any DVDs people gave to me for free. Somebody want a DVD for my personal collection?
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> any Disney movie you want? Right? Well, no, those are probably no, the off I limits. My Disney movies. Come on. Crazy. Okay, I'll Jesus. Give you
1: a wrestling DVD for my collection of wrestling DVDs I haven't watched in years.
0: Okay. Well, favorite finishing maneuvers is what we're going to do tonight, episode thirty-six on the wrestling podcast about nothing, and it's kind of the companion. To episode 34, two episodes ago, where we talked about the worst finishing maneuvers. And I got an earful from Brian Fury for a couple of my picks, and especially one of your picks he didn't enjoy. Maybe we'll have Brian Fury on in the near future to talk about that. But I just wanted to say that I was very disappointed in myself. <laughs> this is a, I've been disappointed to myself uh, in many different ways. But <laughs> now you know how your parents have felt for years. <laughs> Oh, you son of a bitch. Uh, So, worst finishing maneuvers. The first move I thought of, in my mind, didn't get mentioned on that podcast. It was a finisher used for a brief period of time uh, in the early 90s by one Sergeant Slaughter.
1: Hmm. No? I know what it is, but...
0: (laughs) The Atomic Noogie? (laughs)
1: <laughs> what? I guess, I guess not. Maybe I didn't know what you were talking about.
0: You didn't know of this move, move that he did as a finisher?
1: I am not aware, Michael.
0: He, he like took his fist and dug it into the guy's temple until he submitted. Okay. It was actually immortalized in a video game, WrestleFest. One of the most famous, one of the most fun WWF arcade games ever produced, WrestleFest. His finisher in that is the atomic noogie, where he's he's taking his fist and just burying it into his opponent's temple. It's one of the most ludicrous finishing moves of all time. And I was did it bring
1: you back, Mike.
0: <laughs> and yeah, it did. It did to the schoolyard. Yeah. Um, and after I finished uh, recording and editing that podcast, I was kicking myself just for the fact that uh, when when you came up with actually you came up with the worst finishing maneuvers as a topic. The first thing I thought of was the noogie, but it didn't end up on the podcast for some reason. And uh, duh. I'll just say duh. It's been a couple weeks.
1: So you bring it up as one of your favorites now?
0: No, I'm just saying. I just wanted to mention that. It was a holdover from the worst finishing maneuvers episode. Ah, It's terrible. It's a bad finisher. Don't get it (laughs) twisted, Kingpin. So let's get into the favorite finishers then. Let's get into the topic of the night. I know we all have our uh, picks. I know there are plenty of them. And I know we have our number one picks that we'll get to in a bit. The favorite finishing maneuver of all time. But I know there are others that we considered as our top picks. Kingpin, you got one to start us off?
1: Yeah, Mike, I do. It's one that, uh, I don't know, you don't... I'm trying to think if I've seen anybody use it recently. And and at least not on TV, I don't think. And that's the Razor's Edge. I always thought the Razor's Edge was a very cool finishing maneuver looked dev- absolutely devastating mm-hmm. something I could not physically take I don't think I don't think there's anybody out there strong enough to to give it to me nor would I want to take it but yeah I always thought the Razor's Edge was a very cool finisher
0: yeah that was on my list as well yeah Razor Ramon the Razor's Edge I remember the first time he showed up in Worcester Massachusetts were his first matches for the WWF I had seen him in WCW he did the they called the Diamond Death Drop the Triple D. The original Triple D cake pin. I hear your stomach growling over there. Uh, oh,
1: boy. Says the guy who delays us every time we're going to record because he's going to eat.
0: I get hungry. So, uh, yeah. So, when he came to WWF, was like, oh, I hope he's still doing that finisher because it was awesome. And he did it. And we were all so excited to see the razor's edge in WWF. And, yeah, it was, looked like a devastating move. If he really wanted to drop you on the back of your neck really hard, he could. And he did to a lot of those uh, enhancement talents in the early days in the WWF. Uh, yeah,
1: Razor's going to carve you <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed, Chico. So Razor's Edge, a great pick. Let me just go with a classic. Jake the Snake Roberts DDT. All right. All right. And I specify Jake the Snake Roberts DDT because, of course... Everyone does a DDT these days, and it's just a thing that you do to lead to a double down or whatnot.
1: Transition move.
0: (laughs) Yes, but the original DDT, conceptualized and created by Jake the Snake Roberts, was awesome, was tremendous. The crowd loved it. Once he uh, you know, twirled that finger around, the crowd chanting DDT, DDT, once he hit that thing, it was over. It was a no doubter. And that DDT was just, it was so over, it was like... One of the biggest parts of his whole, of his whole character was the DDT.
1: How about like this one from the Attitude Era? Thought it was pretty cool. I think it had a, it had a name change somewhere along the line, but I'll always refer to it as the Unprettier by Christian.
0: Ah, he
1: hooked his arms and rotated the guy back and drove his face into the mat.
0: I think it later became known as the Kill Switch.
1: Yes, yes, but I like the Unprettier better. The Unprettier sounds better to me.
0: The original name for the move is is even worse. Ooh, what is it? It was originally done by Tommy Rogers. The first time I saw it was when Tommy Rogers from the Fantastics, what one of the worst tag team names oh, of all time, by the well, way. Here we go. Did Mills give you <laughs> your notes for this show? Well, no, because I just buried the Fantastics as the name of a tag team. So um, Tommy Rogers went as a single star to ECW. That was the first time I had seen it. And it's called the Tamakaze. Okay. so yeah that's where i first saw it it looks devastating i don't think it is as devastating as it looks i mean i wouldn't know i'm not i haven't taken it but it it is a devastating looking move
1: yeah i've never i don't think i've ever taken that one
0: but yeah that that is a good one the uh, the unprettier from christian that's a good one um the first time i saw i think it was a clash of the champions i was watching live on tbs and the debut of too cold scorpio And he ended the match with that Scorpio splash. The first time I had ever seen it. I mean, more known as the 450 these days, but the original 450 Scorpion splash done by Two Cold Scorpio when I saw it live on TV just blew my friggin' mind. I was so amazed, so impressed by the athleticism of a guy like Two Cold Scorpio. And that one is just stuck in my head as one of the most amazing finishes of all time. I know. These days, there's so many amazing athletic people in wrestling doing these incredible things, but back then, there was a little harder to come by, and a guy like Scorpio coming in doing that 450, which, you know, I didn't know was physically possible, and I saw it (laughs) before my eyes, and I was just uh, entranced by it, and that was one for me that just uh, blew my mind.
1: Yeah, I've taken that a number of times, including last... Well. I guess I didn't technically take it. I was getting pinned, and the guy uh, gave a 450 to the guy pinning me last Thursday night.
0: So he broke it up with a 450 splash?
1: He did, yes.
0: Uh, why not, right? Wrestling
1: in 2017, buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, we're still going here. What's what's next for the Kingpin?
1: What about the F5, which uh, one of the few <laughs> maneuvers in 2017 that apparently is over. <laughs> <laughs> he beat the monster, Braun Strowman, with one.
0: It's one and done.
1: Which a lot of people are complaining about, but shit, it's his finisher.
0: It is a finisher, and he protects the finisher, which is not done these days. And It's to the point now where if you protect your finisher and they don't kick out of one, then people are, like, crazed. They're incensed. They don't understand why someone <laughs> is able to be pinned with something called a finisher.
1: Remember a story from a locker room guy was trying to protect his finish the guy he was wrestling was upset about it and he goes well if we don't do that what can we do and the answer was literally anything else in the world except that move (laughs) (laughs) anything else but that (laughs) right (laughs) we'll leave the names of the finishers and the participants uh, out to protect Fill in the blanks, folks. <laughs> we will do that.
0: Uh, okay, I just got to say this, Kingpin. One of my favorite finishing maneuvers of all time. It's got to be the Ultimate Warrior, right? Oh, for The gorilla press sake. slam, the splash, the combination <sighs> of the two is just amazing. I really enjoyed it as a kid. I mean, he's up there 10 feet in the air, pressed over the Ultimate Warrior's head dropped flat in his face, looks devastating, and then that splash to the back, uh, beyond compare, one, two, three, no one's ever kicking out of that thing. I loved the Ultimate Warriors finisher. How about you?
1: I hope you get waterboarded.
0: (laughs) Sometimes it might seem like this podcast is uh, similar (laughs) to that kind of torture, isn't it? (laughs) For you, anyway.
1: (laughs) No, It sucked. (laughs) <laughs> the worst of all time.
0: Okay, we're getting close here. We're getting close to our number one picks. Kingpin, what else you got?
1: All right, what about the pedigree? Really? Triple H. The pedi- yeah, the pedigree is great. Okay. I was, that was also my backyard wrestling finisher.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> of course it was. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> you weren't jobbing anybody.
1: Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, the pedigree. All right, I'll go with that. You didn't like the original by Ron Bass?
1: I didn't know Ron Bass's finisher was a pedigree.
0: Well, it wasn't a pedigree. He did the same thing without hooking the arms. He just put the guy's head between his legs and just dropped down.
1: So you're saying he didn't do the pedigree then?
0: Well, I mean, it was, was, you know, the original version of it. (laughs) All right, moving on. Um, Boy. What about a tag team finisher, Kingpin? How devastating, how awe-inspiring, how crazy was the Road Warriors slash Legion of Dooms finisher, the doomsday device?
1: (laughs) There are few pleasures uh, greater than watching the LOD, the Road Warriors, with enhancement talent in that finisher.
0: (laughs) Just jobbers (laughs) landing on their heads.
1: (laughs) Just getting annihilated. Go F yourself, buddy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because Animal would put the guy on his shoulders. And of course, Hawk would come off the top rope with the clothesline. And instead of Animal falling back with the guy, Animal just kind of threw the guy's legs up in the air. And he did a full flip and usually landed on his stomach on the mat, if not his head, shoulder, and any numerous other body parts. <laughs> but yeah, it's the landing was rarely perfect and graceful. To that extent, it always looked devastating and a true finishing maneuver.
1: <laughs> I was always a big fan of the heart attack. I always thought that was a cool, uh, yeah. a cool tag team finisher.
0: Yeah, the Heart Foundation. Jim the Evil Night Heart, Brett the Hitman Heart. Yeah, that was a good one. Hmm, get any more?
1: Macho Man Randy Savage's elbow from the top rope. Devastating. In that era, you know, pretty damn impressive.
0: Graceful, yeah majestic oh uh mellifluous that doesn't work does it <laughs> no,
1: it was it, it was i don't know i i loved it and it's one of those maneuvers that some 30 years later you still identify with the performer so
0: and you hear that people are just devastated by it. He, him just like rocking their ribs just putting his full body weight i think that was later in his career though when he was you know a little more beat up that he uh didn't end up being as uh, graceful with it in the later years. Just kind of landed full body weight on the onto the guy's freaking sternum. <laughs> How about? I'll say it. This isn't my top one, but is a big one. The frog splash from Eddie Guerrero. I thought the Superfly splash was fantastic. Was great. There's no way to improve on that until Eddie Guerrero hit the WWF. And use that frog splash, just the impact of that, just the, uh, you know, just uncoiling, just, you know, bringing it all in and then uncoiling onto the guy when he hits the mat. Uh, I mean, as evident by the fact that he broke his forearm doing the move like a week after he debuted in WWF. But uh, that frog splash was just uh, a thing of beauty.
1: Yeah, agreed. And it's been mimicked and mimicked and mimicked and mimicked and mimicked. And And there's a a lot of people who do it now.
0: All right, Kingpin. Are we down to the wire? Are we getting to the uh, number ones?
1: Yeah, I think I think we're ready. All right. You want to go first? You want the honors?
0: Okay, I will go first. Um, I'm going to go south of the Mason-Dixon once again for this one, Kingpin.
1: Oh, boy. Here we go.
0: Another finishing maneuver that I saw in WCW that blew my mind.
1: If you say the figure four leg lock, I'm going to drive down to your house and slam No, 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 (laughs) no.
0: We talked about the Scorpio Splash. How about Scott Steiner's Frankensteiner? All right. That is my number one pick. When I saw the Frankensteiner, of course, he's a big guy, throws the guy into the ropes and just hooks his head with his legs, flips over, took a half a second to happen. You blink like you miss it. And it's amazing looking. It was awesome. It was just at the time so innovative. And I loved the uh, Frankensteiner. And, of course, it's been duplicated and imitated many times since. But the original was Scott Steiner, the Frankensteiner. That, to me, my favorite finishing maneuver.
1: All right. That was really outside the box, buddy. Thank you. All right. Well, you know where I want to go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Are you gonna be serious for once?
1: Well, it's favorite, Mike. But I won't go to the obvious—the one that everybody thinks that I'm gonna go to. Uh, even though it probably is. I mean, it's it's probably so far uh, ahead as number one favorite of all time that we we'll, we'll go something. You know, we'll go something else. This man just recently got retired at WrestleMania. The Undertaker's Tombstone Pile Driver.
0: Are you sure he's retired?
1: What's that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that is number one on my list, Mike. The Tombstone Pile Driver. Effective for 20 some odd years. Won how many matches in the uh, fame streak? And pretty damn awesome maneuver.
0: And the kind of legend behind it that I kind of refuse to believe. Is that the tombstone was named the tombstone before it was Undertaker's finisher. And I refuse to believe that. I want to see proof that before The Undertaker did the tombstone pile driver, that it was called in like common terms the tombstone pile driver. I don't believe it.
1: I've never heard that before. I just assumed it was, you know, developed when The Undertaker's character became, you know, into play.
0: Yeah, I know other people have done it, obviously, but. I heard, like, you know, the legend is, oh, that was the tombstone long before the Undertaker did it. And I I, I need proof. Send me proof.
1: You demand it.
0: I do. So the tombstone pile driver, huh? Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, are you going to bury me for that now? I didn't go with the one I thought you'd bury me for, and you're still burying me.
0: No, because I, I shied away from one thinking that you might have gone with it. Not the uh, one you're thinking about. I I I would be remiss if we didn't mention the diamond cutter.
1: Why would I go with that?
0: I think it is a great uh, finishing maneuver for the time during the Attitude Era. Diamond Dallas Page, he can hit it from anywhere, from any position, out of anything. It was you know, boom like that. It was the original, out of nowhere. No, not a fan.
1: Nah, doesn't do it for me.
0: All right. All right. I think I should just mention it because I kind of neglected to thinking that you might've gone with it, but uh, I should have known better. I should have known you wouldn't uh, venture down South.
1: Maybe the RKO, the RKO is okay.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, Mike Mills is already long tuned out, but uh, I'll let him know what you said about that. All right. Favorite finishing maneuvers. Those are our picks. What are your picks out there? Let us know at the WPAN on Twitter. People have been talking to us on Twitter all week, and we're going to talk about it right now. It is Merv Griffin time, named for Brian's favorite episode of our favorite show. Of course, you know, Seinfeld. We're doing voicemails, though, over on the NAI Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. So get yours in. We will play it on the show. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And we have a final warning for you. Next Monday, we will only be on the NAI Wrestling Network. That is the New Age Insider's original feed. We are off the channel now known as NAI Pop as of October 1st, this Sunday. So next Monday's episode will only be on that original New Age Insiders feed, now known as the NAI Wrestling Network. Make sure you're subscribed to the NAI Wrestling Network so you don't miss out on a single episode. Search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. You'll find all the places we're located. Subscribe to all of them so you can follow along all week long. Alright, the way to participate here though on BDA Radio for Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. All right, well, last week we talked about Bobby the Brain Heenan. He had just passed away. And uh, some feedback from that episode. Glenn Abbott at GA WrestleNut says, Thanks, Mike. Listen to the show on the way to work. Had to laugh at the image of the brain in the anti-Matilda suit. Yeah, that was my first memory of the brain from WrestleMania 4 when he was in that <laughs> six-man tag. I just
1: watched that, like, a couple hours ago. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I had it on in the, uh, in the background and him walking down the steps at Trump Plaza.
0: So many great memories of the brain. How about this one from Randall Keo at Randall Keo on Twitter. It's a quote from Bobby Heenan about Hulk Hogan's theme song. He says, that's my second favorite theme song. And everything else is tied for first. <laughs>
1: uh, uh haters
0: no no no. that's a quote from bobby heenan
1: yeah he's a hater <laughs>
0: he is a hater. <laughs> he was uh till the end he was hoping for the end of hulky mania
1: hulky mania
0: hulky mania yes not milky mania <laughs> not hulky mania hulk uh mania all right <laughs> referee tony s at referee tony s on twitter from the check in the boots podcast he says, Brian Malones is correct regarding the Brain's double F-bomb at WrestleMania 6.
1: See? Told you.
0: What did he say to Andre the Giant after the tag team match? Where,
1: I'm the fucking boss. <laughs>
0: I'm the fucking boss. Because Andre called everyone boss backstage, or everyone called Andre boss backstage. So
1: I'm assuming that's why he said it, yes.
0: I believe Tony, so I guess the Brain did say the F-word on WrestleMania 6. But VI. you didn't believe me. Exactly. Uh,
1: You're garbage.
0: We also talked about on the podcast, David Arati's question of the week last week was about the worst Hell in the Cell matches, and we talked about the Rikishi spot where Rikishi fell off the cage into the back of a flatbed truck filled with styrofoam peanuts or something or other. Steven said, the match was a six-pack Hell in a Cell at Armageddon 2000, Austin, The Rock, Undertaker, Rikishi, Kurt Angle, and Triple H. So that was the match we knew. We knew it was a multiple-person match. We couldn't really place where it was, but that was uh, one of the underwhelming spots anyway that I remember with Rikishi falling off the cage. They were trying to, you know, one-up the Mankind spot off the cage. They were never going to be able to do that, but they tried multiple times. But uh, still, Undertaker versus the Big Boss Man, far and away, I think, the worst Hell in Cell match, unless you're counting the uh, kettle in the cell, right? <laughs>
1: Let's not count that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Big Dog at Big Dog Racing on Twitter says, The first thing that popped into my mind after Neville's laugh was he'll laugh Hall of Fame. Last week's inductee was indeed Neville, who had just that past Monday on Raw after Enzo was laid out. Neville just with an evil cackle, the likes of which you've never heard before. If you didn't hear that last week on episode 35, go and check it out. The Heal Off Hall of Famer, of course, that is coming up in just moments here on the podcast. And John Morse, he read that Joe Coff, the CEO of Ring of Auto Wrestling, would love to welcome Brian Danielson back to ROH. And of course, our friend at J-O-N-S-U-P-R-M-N says, yes, then we can continue Win a date with Todd Sinclair. (laughs) Because Daniel Bryan was the brains behind the win a date with Todd Sinclair campaign. I'm not quite sure what's going on with that these days. It's been quiet in recent months, I would say.
1: Yeah, it's dead in the water, buddy. You tried. It failed. Move on.
0: (laughs) All right. Damn it. All right. Monday, this past Monday, we talked about No Mercy. We watched the pay-per-view. Then we reviewed it for all you ladies and gentlemen on the NAI Wrestling Network. Steven at at HHGuy2004 says, I would volunteer for this kicking Mike in the nuts video. (laughs) Enzo ended up winning the Cruiserweight Championship by kicking Neville in the uh, ding-ding. And I said, I don't know about that as a finisher. And you asked me if I wanted to uh, be kicked on the nuts and see how it felt. (laughs) Yes, I did. And Steven approves of that taking place on video at some point.
1: Yes, I think it I think it should happen. I second this. I want to kick you in the nuts.
0: We'll we'll work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> uh, also Randall Keyo says next time the WPA end is Facebook Live, everyone needs to remind at CrocSox about the AA's he needs to take from at Brian Malonis. Jesus, I'm just gonna get beat up from pillow to post here.
1: Nobody likes you.
0: <laughs> so next time uh, a video is done for the W P A N, which probably will be never now because I don't want to uh, be sneak attacked.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Go check out our YouTube channel to see what uh, was a growing video library for the uh, wrestling podcast about nothing. That is YouTube If you want to see the promo about nothing each week and uh, lots of other little videos going up there on our YouTube channel, it's growing every day except. Uh, I think it's going to stop now because I don't want to be uh, kicked in the nuts. I don't want to take attitude adjustments. That's uh, crazy talk. That's stuff that uh, <laughs> I'm 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 out of the business for the time being, Brian. I don't need to. Uh, I don't need that kind of stuff.
1: It's not like it's getting used elsewhere, Mike.
0: All right, so, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Jason Stewart of the Rundown Wrestling Podcast at the letter J Stewart 0920 says was listening to this week's episode and per. At Croc Sox instructions, I dropped my phone. Now I need a new screen. Thanks, Mike. I don't even remember saying this situation. I I said to people to drop their phones?
1: Yeah, you misspoke. You said something along those lines. I don't quite remember what the hell it was now.
0: Yeah, well, I apologize, Jason. And as I said on Twitter, just send the bill to the uh, Malonis household. We'll take care of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, will you?
0: Ed Hunt! He is at Eddie the Blade on the tweeter. He says, I hope that everyone joins me every Monday and Thursday as I take a knee for Dirt Sheet Shuffle awareness. <laughs> Hashtag where the fuck is it? Yeah, it's been a few Ugh. months, Kingpin. It's been a few months. I've given you a break.
1: <laughs> I think you've given the world a nice break.
0: <laughs> the Shuffle will be back. Eventually it will be back and the Kingpin will... Will fall. Uh, <laughs> All right, and finally here in Merv Griffin time, David Arati, his question of the week. Well, actually, he says rather than ask a question this week, I'd like to talk about the NXT show this past week in Lowell and what a show it was. My match of the night would be a tie between Lars Sullivan versus Oni Lorkin and Johnny Gargano versus Raul Mendoza. The most overactive of the show would have to be another tie between Oni Larkin and Adam Cole. If you've never been to an NXT show before, do not hesitate to buy tickets to the next show in your area because it is always a blast. Yeah, too bad I couldn't get to the NXT show. I uh, looked into my uh, numerous contacts in the wrestling business and it was a no go. <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't make it to the Lowell Memorial Auditorium, in Lowell, Massachusetts, right down the road last week to see NXT, but it's good to see that uh, Oni Lorcan is getting some love.
1: You could have got your credit card out, you cheap fuck.
0: Well, hmm I don't know about that either. Uh, <laughs> congratulations to Oni Lorkin, who seems to be moving up the uh, ranks in NXT, and uh, I'm sure it was a great show. A great time was had by David Arati, and I hope to get out to a show really soon, Kingpin.
1: So long as it's for free.
0: Thank you. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and hey, now you, you got
1: WWE Network for free, right?
0: <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> and thank you to everyone. Thank you to you, Kingpin, for the network. And thank you to everyone who's a part of Murray of Griffin time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter. And we'll bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. All right? Putting over Podcasts. That is the name of the Facebook group we started to bring together all pro wrestling podcasters talking about all pro wrestling podcasts and uh, podcast fans more than welcome as well. Just go on Facebook search putting over Podcasts," put that in the search bar join our Facebook group just signed up our 300th member of the group. It's a great day and it's a great conversation over there. Everyone helping each other out in uh, many different ways on the putting over podcasts Facebook group Booking the territory, Mike Mills' brainchild, the Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast, twice a week. Sundays the Smoky Mountain Show, Thursdays the flagship show. They always have a good interview with a classic wrestling personality. Now it is Ron Fuller over there on the Book in the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast on Thursday. So uh, find them wherever podcasts are available, or go to MikeMills.Podbean.com. And thank you again to Tony S. Checking the boots. Wrestling Podcast, they're doing it every Sunday. Referee Tony S. and Chip K Fabe. And finally, the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart, we just heard from, and Troy as well. Every Thursday is the flagship show. They got shows all week long over there in the feed. Check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed on all podcast platforms. And on this podcast, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to those immortal words from one Tarzan Taylor. He told me, he said, Mike, come over here. I said, I'm here. He said, okay, let me just tell you something. All it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. I said, thanks for letting me know. He said, you're welcome. So, with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the Wrestling Podcast about nothings, Heal, Laugh, Hall of Fame. The childlike lessons that you tried to instill meant nothing. Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, Shannon Hoon, even Kurt Cobain couldn't deliver these children from the torment from the pain the anguish the suffering that they've spent an entire lifetime coming to grips with you see the mind that controls the children is the mind that rules the future And their salvation!
1: Quote to Raven, nevermore.
0: <laughs> you see, I control the children! Or at least Sandman's. Yes, Raven! Raven from the ECW days. This week's heel Laugh. Hall of Famer. That was a nice laugh there at the end there. Very reminiscent of a previous He Laugh Hall of Famer, Johnny Polo, don't you think?
1: (laughs) Yes. That was quite the sinister snicker this one was, Mike.
0: It certainly was. It came as advertised, did it not?
1: (laughs) It certainly did.
0: And I want to thank Tony S. once again. He actually sent me the audio of that He Laugh and provided that for us. So thank you to Tony S. of the Check of the Boots podcast. And a good friend of ours here with that Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. And uh, it didn't disappoint. It did not disappoint. It was a good one this week. And we'd love for you to check out this Heel Laugh Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory. But this is uh, from Tony's private collection.
1: Ooh, Tony's private collection. <laughs>
0: yes. So who knows what's going on in that collection. But uh, I guess you can't see him in all his glory on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDA Radio.com. You're packing your bags, Kingpin. Hitting those highways and those byways and those airways. Doing that pro wrestling gimmick. Where are you headed?
1: After my big win over the Raw Dog, John Silver, I'm heading to Disney World, Mike. (laughs) That's it? That's it, man. You will be able to see me back in action on October 6th at Chaotic Wrestling, where I'll be winning the Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship for the fourth time.
0: Well, congratulations in advance, then.
1: Thank you very much. Spoiler alert. (laughs)
0: alright if you want to book the kingpin when he's back from old uh, Orlando Florida email Brian Malonis at comcast.net or you can DM him on twitter at Brian Malonis and for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar with Chad Alden and Paul St. Jr. head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk BDA All right, we'll be back next Monday or maybe just me We'll be back next Monday with episode 76 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI wrestling network. Make sure you subscribe to the NAI wrestling network feed. So you get the episode on Monday. We will not be on our original feed now known as NAI pop. Make sure to make the switch over to the NAI wrestling network, the original new age insiders wrestling show feed. Then you can catch us here next week, next Thursday, for the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. Until then, here is the kingpin Brian Malonis, I'm Mike Crockett, big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing.